fuck is up? This is the Constant State of Annoyance Podcast, and I am your host, George Blaha. Thank you for clicking. Thank you for misclicking. I'm just glad you're here. If you clicked on it, it means that you're alive and you're one of the lucky ones. You're one of the lucky ones, dude. And it also means that you've quarantined yourself to the point where you've exhausted all of the other TV series, podcasts, video games, and you landed here. I'm fucking glad out of boredom you clicked on me. This shit's getting wild, man. You know, I really, I did, and this is, we're going to be here for the long haul, and I can't fucking stand it, man. I can't stand this, like, constant fear of something that I cannot see. I don't know you guys, but am I the only one whose face all of a sudden becomes a shit-crusted asshole every time I leave my house and I'm around people? Am I the only one, dude? My face feels like I just motorboated a homeless person whenever I'm out in public. I just want to touch it and wipe it and scratch it, dude. I don't know what the fuck it is that every time I leave my house, I just become overly aware of the amount of boogers that are inside my nose, dude. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, when I'm out and about around people, my nose starts to doubt the capacity to which it could contain my boogers, bro. I cannot stand it. Okay, when I'm in my house, my nose is like, dude, I got it. I got this is what I'm here for. I'm a backpack. Okay, I am luggage for boogers. And I could also. Hold your glasses if you want to. But when I'm out in public, you know, my my nose starts getting, it starts shaking, dude. It starts tingling like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can carry this load, dude. I need some help. Okay, can you put your finger in there and check if everything's okay? When I'm around fucking people, it sends these fucking tingling, these fucking tingling sensations, you know? Signaling to my brain that something's wrong on the inside. Why is it that I, that whenever I'm around people, this seems to be the fucking case, dude. I can't stand it anymore. I can't stand this whole, like, I can't touch my face when I'm in public and I feel like doing it. Why the fuck is it that whenever I'm in public, my eyeballs need a massage, dude. I need to fucking rub my fucking eyes. Why is it? Why is that the fucking case? Why is it that whenever I'm in public, my eyeballs feel like the day after a gay orgy at a barn? Why is that the fucking case, dude? Like if I have fucking conjunctive fucking virus? What? What? Can someone explain to me what this phenomenon is, dude? Full, my eyes go full con conjunctivitis on me whenever I'm in public and I can't fucking stand it. By the way, is it, we, is it wrong to assume? I've been thinking about this. I've been really thinking about this. I don't know if this is wrong. To, I, I need someone to correct my behavior. You know? I don't know if, if this is happening to you guys, but like everything on the internet and, 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 and I can see it happening to me too, like the ideas that, that are like inhabiting my mind. But since we're like away from each other, you know, I don't 
because at least me who I am, I don't have any sensibilities. I really don't, dude. Like if I'm if when I'm around comedians, like the the the, the things I say, dude, is for is for me to never have an office job ever. Like this is just who I, it's just who I am. I like this free thinking. I I I like diving into controversial topics, you know, but without, you know, just, you know, playing, toying around with certain ideas, even if they're horrible. It's just fun. It's just the way I am. It doesn't mean I'm a horrible person because I think these things. It's just, I just like toying with different thoughts. It, it, it is what it is. With that said, right, because, you know, by the way, me being isolated, I don't, I, because I could get a, I could get a sense of like the public sensibilities like the sensibilities of like most people just by being around them, you know? You just look at their faces, you say things, and you're like, oh, okay, I'm not going to touch that topic again. But with that said, is it weird to assume that homosexual men are the demographic of people that most suffer from conjunctivitis? (laughs) Is it wrong to assume that, like, I don't have any data on me. I have the laptop. I don't really think that information is going to appear. Or maybe if I Google it, I'm going to be surprised. No, it's actually Asian women who actually suffer more from conjunctivitis for some reason. Straight, racist Asian women. <laughs> Just old ladies with conjunctivitis. Is that weird to assume? Because, like, let's be honest. That's the only orifice that's at your disposal. That's the orifice that's like, you know, that's the one that you get to play with. And there's a reward, which is crazy. Women don't have it. Men do. That's where the guy's G-spot is. It's in our fucking butts. So there's like an an incentive to play with a guy's butt, whether you're, you know, head heterosexual or homosexual but as a heterosexual guy women don't go for the ass women don't go for the nipples by the way women never go for the nips bro like why don't you just just go for it man just see what happens you know maybe i'll giggle maybe i'll oh i don't know what's gonna happen this is why i always hate this whole dumb debate no women are actually more horny than guys no you're not no you're not not, not a single woman has gone for the nips without me requesting it. And it's not something that I request, but it's something that I would like done to me without me asking for it. Just catch me by surprise. But there is, you know, like, but when you're a gay dude, you know, you, you have a lot of contact with the ass. It's on your mustache. It's on your fingers. You know, it's on your dick. You know what I mean? Like, and there, there has to be a moment where you just fucking rub your eyes during sex and you're like, ah, fuck, not again. Is that like an actual problem? That being, you know, because being gay has to be wonderful. You get to be sassy as fuck, dude. You get to, I don't even know. I don't even have to explain myself. It doesn't matter. We all know it. And I'm glad that they're part of the community. You know, put it in whatever hole you want to. But there has to be a downfall to this. And that's just like the conjunctivitis, dude. Do, like, fucking conjunctivitis particles, do they get, like, airborne, right? Do, 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 do they, like, linger in the air if you, like, plow, if you have, like, really rough, hard anal sex? Is that, like, a thing, dude? 
Like if like if you're gay, right, and you wake up one day and your eyes are fucking crusted shut because you have conjunctivitis. Do you like wake up and you're like, man, last night sex was good. Like, is that a thing? Or maybe not even gay people. How about people who just participate in orgies? Like, do you do those people get a lot of conjunctivitis, man? Whenever I see someone with conjunctivitis, I always assume that they have an interesting sex life. Right? I think it's better to have conjunctivitis and know why you have conjunctivitis than to have conjunctivitis. You have a dull sex life or no sex life, and your eyes are just encrusted shut for whatever reason. Because 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 some some fucking Tall cunt decided to like scratch their asshole with a fucking doorknob and you touched it, scratched your eyes, you fingered your eyeballs and all of a sudden you, you know, you wake up and you can't open your eyelids. Now that fucking sucks, dude. I wish, I wish one day, man, I could have conjunctivitis and know where it came from. <laughs> oh God, dude. This is, this is where my mind wanders. When I'm fucking isolated. When I'm forced to stay home. I can't stand it anymore, dude. I really cannot stand it. The only time that I get to, to go out is to, to my job. I, I'm working like one day a week. And it's like I've already t- I don't really enjoy my job. But it, this is the only time I get to talk with other people. See other faces. Smell different smells. I see different colors, you know, and it's just, it, it, it really boosts me up, man, and I'm working at a drive-thru at a fast food at Starbucks, dude, fast food for cunty people, you know, and I still get that feeling, that's when I most get that feeling, dude, because I'm in public and my face gets extra itchy, especially, my, my face gets especially itchy, it feels like the taint of a bum, Whenever, because, because, you know, I'm only talking to people through the drive-thru intercom first before, you know, I take their money at the fucking window. And if someone coughs at the drive-thru intercom, just, I just get a fucking reaction all over my face. I just want to touch my face. I want to lick my fingers. I don't know what it is, man. I want to, I want to scratch my ears. It's so hard not to want to touch your face when I hear someone cough. And the thought, and and then when they appear through the window, it's cranked up to a fucking thousand, dude. I do wear gloves. I think I'm going to start wearing a mask now whenever I go to my job. I don't know. It's an aesthetic thing, you know. Everyone else is doing it, but... I and, and and when someone coughs, dude, and then have to take their money, it's it, it's honestly terrifying. It it is it's fucking scary, dude. Really, if you cough in the intercom of a of a of a fucking fast food, dude, if you're coughing through the drive-through of a fast food, the fast food employee should have the right. To throw hot water in your fucking face. Not because, not out of spite. Not to hurt you, but to just disinfect the infected area. For the employee's safety, they should take hot water and chug it in your coughing infected face. Just to feel more secure. (laughs) 
Oh, it's a sick fantasy of mine. A sick fantasy. But and, and I don't know. But when that happens, like I don't, it just I feel the tingles in my fucking face whenever I'm fucking in public, man. It's I don't know what what is that feeling, by the way? Does it have a name? Does this phenomenon have a fucking name? By the way, I love that word phenomenon. Phenomenon. But does that phenomenon have a name, dude? Like, what is it? What is it that I'm experiencing? Why do I feel this incessant need to touch my face when I know that it could maybe be deadly? You know? Like what it what it has to have some sort of name, man. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Am I subconsciously suicidal? In the back of my mind, do I really desperately just want to get this life over with? What is it? Or is my fucking immune system just cocky as hell, dude? Is my immune system like, ah, you can touch your face. Stop. Being a bitch. I got you, bro. I got you. What? What? You think that some Chinese virus is gonna fucking make you leave this planet? Uh-uh. Not on my watch. Just like most things that are made in China, this fucking virus is also easy to fucking break. And it's not gonna last long. It's fucking cheap. Bring it on. You know, maybe that's what my immune system is telling me. It's communicating to me. Because really, let's be honest, I don't get sick that much. I'm not, I'm not a sick person. I really, I don't. So I don't know if it's just like my, my immune system communicating to, to, to my, to my subconscious. Like, dude, just scratch, stop being a bitch, scratch your face. You know, like, like you've done open mics in dirty ass places. You'll be fine. You've challenged me enough. I remember we used to do, man, and I used to love those open mics. They were the best open mics. We used to do these open mics in this one place. And they were, it was just in this dirty place, but it was perfect because it was a dirty place for just comedy. That's where comedy should be done, you know? I'm pretty sure that fucking blood, cum, shit, piss, and pus have touched the fucking couches where the people would sit to watch us try our dumb dick jokes. I swear to God, it was a dirty, dirty place, and I didn't mind, and I used to go there, I used to sit on those couches and scratch my eye with no problem, you know? So I don't know, I don't know if my immune system thinks he's a tough guy, you know? And he's underestimating the power of this motherfucking vibe. I really don't know what it is. But I wanted to stop, and I hate this. I really hate this, like, mental struggle whenever I'm out in public, whenever I'm, I'm around people, this whole, like, mental dynamic that we have with each other because I know that I'm not the only one going through this shit. This whole dynamic that we have, like, oh, my God, I, 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 I touched a guardrail. Oh, my God, I, wanna, I can't scratch my face. I can't touch anything. I need to sanitize, dude, every 10 minutes. Like, we're all paranoid. We're all afraid, dude. And, you know, and, and, and rightfully so because if, if there just so happens that that the guardrail that you touched and 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 then you know licked your finger afterwards has coronavirus, you know you you're in for a bad time, man. You're in for a very bad time. 
maybe mortal, maybe a mortal time. Maybe you just have two weeks left. Like you don't know. So we're all like panicking and, and it's exhausting. It's mentally exhausting. And it's something I don't want to go through anymore, dude. And we are in the long haul. You know, there's like minimum, what, three more months of this bullshit. It sucks. It seriously sucks, man. And the crazy thing is that like, like there's most likely not coronavirus. There's not, coronavirus is not sitting in one of your $5 bills in your wallet. Most likely, it's most likely not under your shoe. Coronavirus is most likely not around you. It's most likely not there. It's most likely not inside the person that's next to you. It's most likely not there. But we don't know that because we can't see it. The hu humans, we, we, we were not equipped with the ability to easily per perceive viruses. We don't have that. So we don't know where it might be. And we're all terrified, dude. And it's just exhausting. And the thought that there's going to be more of this, it's just fucking wild, man. It is. But do you know who has to be exhausted as fuck right now? Do you know? You know, it, this sucks, but it could be worse. Could you imagine being a nurse? A nurse that just hates her job. That has to suck. <laughs> you know? Everyone's calling you a hero, and there's just the tension on your fucking forehead has to be off the charts, bro. Being a nurse that hates her fucking job. And there's a lot of nurses that hate their job. In every fucking field, there is someone that despises what they fucking have to do. There's someone that groans hard every time they wake up in the morning and it's a work day. And that's just the case, dude. You know? And it's not their fault. I mean, ah, you know... It is and it isn't, you know? We're all forced to fucking... You, you have to pick a thing! Well, what's gonna be your thing? When you're 18, dude, your mind's barely developed, man. You don't understand uh, how, how important it is to choose something that you fucking love. You don't understand that. You don't understand the concept of money. Some people do. I'm not saying everybody, but there's, you know... Like the people in the middle, you know, if there's a fucking bell curve, the people where where the bell curve fucking peaks, those people, we, we haven't had enough life experience to understand what we like yet. And the, and the fact that you should choose something that you like if you're going to study it. Like we don't get it, you know. And there's people out, there's a lot of people that go to be a nurse, you know, because you could finish it in two to three years. You know, it pays well. And there's a bunch of jobs, dude. And if you're just smart enough to do those two years, hey, you're in, you know? And that's what you fucking did. That was your plan. But then three months into nursing, you realize, oh, shit. I do not have the empathy and or the patience to deal with sick people. You notice that you hate your job because sick people are whiny little Bitches, you can't stand the fact of how much they complain, how much they cry. Oh my God, I had knee surgery and I'm stuck in a bed. Bring me an extra pudding, can you? And you can't fucking stand it, dude. 
you fucking, you have sick thoughts at your job of just taking a pillow, dude, and just fucking placing it on that whiny fucking cunty patient. Every day at your job, you just think of creative ways to kill the people that you have to nurse into health. Whenever a patient dies, there's this feeling of relief that 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 comes upon you because you're like, oh man, my workload has just lessened, you know, and slowly like this job that you hate, working at a job that you hate is going to change your thoughts, is going to change the way that you fucking think, dude. And then the coronavirus happens <laughs> and your workload has just significantly fucking increased and every time every time you go to a fucking work shift you're putting your life at risk now that's an existence i am glad i do not fucking inhabit dude i'm so glad i'm not that person being a nurse that hates just has to be horrible because you don't take that into consideration dude there hasn't been anything this severe and dramatic in years. So if you like studied, if you're like fresh out of nursing school, this wasn't something that crossed your fucking mind. Has to fucking suck, dude. It has to suck. But it's crazy, man. But nurses and doctors are the heroes of this chapter of history. They really are, man. Like they are on the forefront of this fucking crisis day in, day out, laying their fucking lives on the line to get to just to just to save as much lives as possible and it's fucking insane man it's fucking wild but with that said dude it's like they are the heroes of this chapter in history and they are not getting laid <laughs> they are not getting their fair share of their genital of preference they are not getting laid touched everyone in their life is just distancing their themselves away from them. Everyone's calling them heroes. But from afar, you know, they are fucking clapping, you know, for nurses and doctors. But, you know, 20 feet away from them. You know, they don't want to get close. They don't want to pat them on the back. This they, <laughs> They're the heroes. But no one wants to get close, dude. Really, they don't. And, it's, and it fucking sucks, man. It fucking so it's not like New York policemen and firemen doing 9-11, dude. Those guys were getting pussy the day after. The day at September 12th? Oh, man. They were doing threesomes and shit, you know? The freaky girls were going out, rewarding the heroes of that chapter in history, fucking asking them, hey... Did you, did you wash the uniform? Did you wash? Oh, you didn't. That oh, it still has the the, the dust of the towers. Put that on. <laughs> all those crazy, all the freaks, dude. All the freaks that rewarded those heroes in that chapter of history. It's fucking wild, dude. It's hard. I'm trying to 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 remain positive throughout this whole thing, and it's really hard to just you know have any pep in my step. You know, to be in the mood, to fucking skip around, you know, enjoy. It's hard. It's hard to be, like, mentally healthy when you're, like, trapped in your house and you don't want to be there, you know? It really is. 
It really is. It's really a time to like, well, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like we've all, a lot of us, and not all of us, and that's fine too. That's really okay. But a lot of us have some ambitions that we haven't, you know, pursued because, or we either have a cheap excuse or we have, you know, a, a day job that's, that requires a lot of time and energy and we get home, we're tired. And all we want to do is just eat our food, sit, you know, and fall asleep watching TV. And that's okay. That's fine. You know, it's an excuse. You should find the energy to at least put one hour a day into what you would call your dream or whatever. But, you know, now, like, we have all this time on our hands. I mean, sure, yeah, there's people out there who have a dream. They have something that they want to pursue and, 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 and they don't have the money for food. That's another set of problems. But I'm talking about privileged people. This, is, this message goes to privileged people. If you're, at least me, I'm 23, I, li- I live with my mom. It's not a sexy situation, I know. But right now, being 23 and living with your parents is the way to fucking go, dude. Like, my bills are just are non-existent, dude. Non-existent. I don't have to waste money. I don't waste money. I have a roof over my head. I have food in my belly. I am so fucking thankful. And I not only that, but I have all of this time to put into things that I love. I'm making videos. You know, I'm putting more time into the podcast. I'm doing the things that I should have done. I'm fucking studying for shit. I'm like, I, I look at all this time I have readily available and it's just like, yeah, we are in this horrible mindset that, oh my God, I'm trapped in my house. Uh, it, it's it's depressing to be trapped in your house. But you you but there's also another point of view to look at it is the, is that look at all this time I have. Let's use it wisely. That's all I'm trying to say. If you're like me, dude, if you're some twenty young year old, you're trapped in your parents' house, motherfucker, fucking drop the Xbox controller, okay? Fucking let go of the bag of Cheetos, suck your fingers, dude, and get to fucking work. We're always fucking complaining, dude. We're always boo-hooing over the fact like, oh my God, if I only knew better when I was 15, when I had no responsibilities and all this time on my hands, if I only knew better. And that's fine. Bees at 15, 18, fuck, 20s early 20s you don't have the perspective yet you don't see life completely but now now you have that time we're kids again we have the time that we used to have when we were kids during summer break do you really want to use that time to watch the sopranos watch the wire Rewatch Game of Thrones. Do you, is that really how you want to use and invest your time into gaining man tits and a disgusting gut? Is that what you want to do? Or do you want to emerge from this motherfucking pandemic as a, as a more useful member of society, as a more capable fucking adult? That's what you want to fucking do. That's the way to fucking go during this pandemic, dude. Really. And I understand it's hard. What I personally do, this is what I do. I work out in the morning. What I try to do, I don't always do it. And when I don't do it, I hate myself. I hate myself and it takes a toll 
throughout the whole day. What I try to do is to wake up as early as possible, dude. And the first thing I do is don't look at your phone. Don't not dare look at your fucking phone. Just go outside. If you have an outside to go to, if you don't, just try to sit alone in a room and do exercise as soon as possible. That sets the tone for the rest of the fucking day. When I work out, this like boo-hoo-ness that's inside my head is, oh my God, I'm trapped. What am I going to do? I'm trapped in my in, in my house. That fucking bitch-ass feeling that's constantly inside me because of the whole situation. And rightfully so. I understand why this feeling is here. But when I work out, those voices, those crying, whiny, bitch-ass voices are muffled. They're muffled. And I could see things clearer. And I could just, I and I put myself to work. And I'm not like working 12 hours, 8 hours. But at least it gives me this like window of time of muffled voices. I have like 5 hours before the, the, the voices start, you know, getting loud again. These, oh my God, I'm, I don't know what to do. Comfort, give me fucking comfort. You know, those fucking voices, you know, just chasing that cheap dopamine. What I do is I work out, I have a window of time of like five hours. Use one hour of those five hours. Use one hour, dude, to do something that that that, that you've been putting off to do, man. Be productive. And it's not like, oh my God, society tells you to always be productive. Yes, it does, but it's a human thing. You're going to feel better when you challenge yourself, when you've been putting off something that you've been wanting to do because it's scary, it's hard, you know, there's not instant there's not fucking instant gratification to it. Just go and fucking do it. This is the time, dude. It is horrible. It's, there are horrible times, but try to see the positivity to this. You want to emerge from this quarantine as someone who has grown at least a little, dude. At least a little. You know what I mean? With that said, Puerto Ricans should use this time to step up their fucking disgusting, sad pasta game. They fucking should. And let me let me fucking let me tell you something. Puerto Ricans know how to cook. Puerto Ricans, the, the Puerto Rican menu, it's so creative. It's so beautiful. It's tasty. It's healthy if you want it to be, of course. It's it's amazing, dude. Like, I, dude, plantains, plantains, edgy, emo, bananas, bro. Somehow Puerto Ricans figured out how to take plantains and turn it into French fries. Dos dones. Those are our French, flop, French fries from fucking bananas. By green bananas, we made our fucking French fries. A side dish, dude. Not only that, from fucking plantains, we figured out mofongo. One of the most amazing main courses that I have ever tried, dude. It's amazing how much we figured out and how delicious our food is. Puerto Ricans are exceptional fucking cooks, dude. Like, I am glad I came out of the vagina of a Puerto Rican because the food that I've tasted that I've had the opportunity to try is amazing it really is with that said dude 
Puerto Ricans could not cook pasta for shit, dude. Puerto Ricans could not. Dude, if a Puerto, if someone, not even a Puerto, if someone ever offers to cook, ever, ever invites you to their house, hey, come on, let, let, let's go to my house. I'm going to cook spaghetti. I'm going to cook spaghetti. Come have some spaghetti with me and my and my family. You ask that person for a 20 for their 23 and me results before going to their fucking house. If there is 5% or more Puerto Rican in those results, you make a cheap excuse, dude. Okay, because poor, because Puerto Ricans do not know how to make pasta. I just think we're biologically incapable of making some good pasta. Why are you putting adobo on the meatballs? Adobo doesn't belong on the meatballs. Why are you putting sofrito in the marin? What what is supposed to be marinara sauce? That's not where that goes. What? Are you doing? Put down the noodles, motherfucker. We're going to fucking Olive Garden. What are you doing? And if you're Puerto Rican and you're and you're thinking, well, my mom makes a pretty good lasagna, dude, you're wrong. Your mom makes layers of dog shit and cream cheese. You just lack fucking perspective. Puerto Ricans can't make pasta for shit, dude. I'm telling you, Italians, Italians would rather go to fucking Olive Garden for a whole year, every day of the fucking year, than to try one spaghetti and meat sauce of a fucking Puerto Rican. Trust me. Trust me. It's disgusting, dude. It's like, don't even let a Puerto Rican try to... Open a can of Chef Boyardee because they're going to fuck that, that up somehow. We're incapable. We're capable of two things. Of not being loud and making pasta. It's just in our blood. I don't know what it is, but it's just the, the attempt, the sad, just, just stomach turning and just attempt to make pasta that a Puerto Rican. It's, it's sad, dude. It's sad. And Puerto Ricans insist on making pasta. Puerto Ricans just insist. They can't stop. They can't. And I don't even know why. They, it's, it's horrible. It's disgusting. Make some rice. Make some fucking meat. And season it in a Puerto Rican manner. Get away from the fucking noodles, Grandma. The fuck are you doing? You know, I just had a hard day at work. And I have to come home to this. You should have told me I would have gone to Burger King. It's horrible, dude. Puerto Ricans can't make pasta for shit, man. And they insist on making it. You either do something right or you don't do it at all. Okay? With that said, there are a lot of Italians in purgatory right now. There are... In heaven's waiting room? <laughs> there are a lot of Italians. You know, just taking a number, sitting around, twirling their Thumbs. A lot of Italians. A lot of Italian souls lurking around in the other side. With that said, dude, if you're a Puerto Rican and you want to up your pasta game, not only up your pasta game, if you want to make pasta ever again, what you should do, you need three things. You need heroin. You need that nasal spray 
that brings people back from ODing on opioids and a loved one. You need these three fucking things. Okay? You need a lot of heroin. You you inject that a lot amount of heroin inside you and you OD. You you tell your loved one to spray you with that over OD nasal spray. First, they count to 300 and they and then they spray that in your nostrils after they count to 300. So it could give you the time to just walk around purgatory. Don't take a number. You're just loitering. You're loitering and mingling. You go to the fucking other side. You OD and you go to the other side, to purgatory, and you mingle with some Italians and you exchange Fucking recipes. Use this time to grow as a cook. Use this time to prove me wrong that Puerto Ricans cannot make good pasta. Go to fucking purgatory. Talk to some fucking Italians. And by the time that your loved one counts to 300, puts puts the anti-OD... Spray inside your nostrils. You're going to wake up with new found knowledge to make good fucking pasta. Please. Just please. <laughs> or fentanyl. Fentanyl also works. But anyways, I have a segment on this podcast where I say an inspirational quote. I love inspirational quotes. They really help me get through my week. But the inspirational quote of the week is... I looked up um, quarantine inspirational quotes, and this is what came out. Your motive to be near to the window is your motive to be close to life. This is a really nice quote, dude. We, you know, it means that we do want to live. If you if you feel frustrated, you know, that this, if this quarantine just puts you into this constant state of frustration, you know, I need a God, I need a God. That's your will to live, motherfucker. And never forget about that. But also this quote, your motive to be near the window is your motive to be close to life, was originally said for people that work at cubicles and want to die. Anyways, that's the podcast. I hope you motherfuckers enjoyed it. If you're not following me on social media, please follow me. I do videos. You should check those out. Follow me and the podcast on social media, on Instagram and on Facebook. And on Twitter, all that information is on the episode notes. And if you really enjoyed this podcast, hey, share it with a friend. That really fucking helps. But anyways, I'll keep you motherfuckers posted. Use your time wisely, dude. That's what I'm. That, that's all I'm trying to preach here, dude. Like this is fucking devastating. But there's a, there's some of us out there that have an opportunity, and all you have to do is just get out your fucking ass and do it. Peace the fuck out, guys.